You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta, and joining me on this podcast, Slash Film News Writer and Box Office Analyst, Ryan Scott. Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? It's the new year, Ryan. Uh, it's, uh, it's all new, 2023. We, we turned the two into three, and it's new. And um, <laughs> we're just here talking about the same stuff, <laughs> the same stuff. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking a lot recently about Avatar and uh, this has been a box office juggernaut, uh, especially internationally, which you have talked about um, in the past on this podcast. I, you know, I'm going to take you to task a little bit here, Ryan, because I think last week you told me you expected this to peter out at like 1.6 billion. It doesn't seem I, to be slowing down. Yeah, that was like a rough guess. Um, look, I, I guess it's worth, uh, you know, I've talked, I, I've been a little skeptical. I think I've been one of the more skeptical, like, box office voices out there about the movie's prospects. Um, and on Twitter, I was very clear after this last weekend, I'm <laughs> eating crow. I look like a fucking clown for having, you know, talked as, I, I mean, it is just... This last weekend was nothing shy of a miraculous 
like it it over indexed in China. Like it like even last week we talked a lot about how China was looking kind of rough, and then like suddenly it had like a huge boost in China, and now it's looking like great there, and like it did more over New Year's than it did over Christmas. Like it just it's just it's doing a James Cameron. Who would have thought? Um, yeah. So I don't know. Now now. I mean, I don't know how good the legs are going to be, but but I mean, it should hit 1.6 probably by next weekend. And I mean, I don't know if I don't know if two billions on the table. I don't know if it's off the table, but I mean, I think it's I, totally on the table. Why don't we tell people where it's at right now? Yeah, let's sort of go over. So, like I said, I mean, the the, the most recent weekend was, I mean. Wow, did it did it really um did it really do do some damage? So uh it, it is now at 1.025 billion at the international box office alone. Um uh as far as uh varieties accounting goes, it is at a 1.48 billion globally. Um it recently passed Avengers Age of Ultron Frozen 2 uh on the global box office charts. Um and uh it's looking like it it uh, could get past the Lion King, which had it sits at one point six six billion. Uh, it's definitely going to pass the Avengers at one point five uh, one billion, um, and it will overtake Top Gun Maverick to become the highest grossing movie released in twenty twenty two. So, um, you know, hey, uh, yeah. So and, it's, and, I mean, and uh, Top Gun Maverick took a long time to get to that number. Yeah, it did. The other thing to mention is Variety points out here that if if it can get to the two billion dollar number, uh, James Cameron will have three of the six highest grossing movies of all time to his name. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, it. I you know, I still. The only question I still have though is, and this won't be answered for a couple of years, is whether or not this gets it kind of out of everyone's system. And if Avatar, it's like if Avatar three will then do less business because like people, you know, sometimes that's the case. Or if this will build and then Avatar three does even more business, like that's what I'm still unsure of. But regardless, I mean, it's pretty clear I was very wrong to be skeptical, even with that budget. And this is this is now going to just be an absolute, you know, juggernaut and good because theaters need it. And, you know, like I'm I was never rooting against it in that way, even though I got a lot of shit for like not liking this movie on this podcast. Like I root for things to do well. Yeah. Um, So this movie has been out for my accounting 19 days, I think. And Uh, I think December 13th was the earliest release. Oh, do they count that as the opening day? Well, I I mean, if you count it as like the. That's the like overnight or whatever. Well, no, no, but I'm talking if you look overseas, I think December 13th oh. would have been because you have to sort of you're we're talking about the global box office here. So it's fair to say when did it open, you know, so I, I yeah, I think December 13th were the first like preview nights. So, so maybe how many December days 14th. does that give us? That gives us a uh... <laughs> let's let's say December 14th then let's say December 14th. So we would have seven, 14, uh, 20, three weeks, 21 days. 21 days do you think this is going to hit 1.5 in the next day it seems at this rate i mean yeah if 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 if, if variety's numbers are correct at the one in which they would be that's variety they should yeah. they have no reason not to be 
Um, it, it, I would imagine it'll be at 1.5 once the, once the Tuesday numbers come in, or I guess so once that, the Wednesday numbers come in. So, so yeah, probably. Be, so that would be 21 days. According yeah, to the 1. number 1.5 in 21 days, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know I'm pre-writing news here. <laughs> it hasn't happened, <laughs> but, uh, at 21 days to 1.5 billion, that would make it the fourth fastest to that number ever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, Avengers end game would be the quickest. Um, eight days which is insane yeah <laughs> yeah that was a yeah that was a hell of a thing um but uh infinity yeah. war was 18 days force awakens 19 days so it's not going to be force awakens but it it without a doubt is going to beat spider-man no way home which was 26 days in the original avatar to make it to 1.5 billion was 33 days well yeah because we've talked a lot about how the, that yeah. original avatar had a very slow build so that that's to be expected yeah, and uh, Titanic took uh, 188 days, which which sounds like a lot, but that still gets you to number 10 on that list of the fastest grossing films. Well, yeah, because but life. there's also not that many movies that have made $1.5 billion. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's, again, uh, when we talked about when I was when I was being a little skeptical about this bo- the box office prospects for this movie, part of that came from the fact that, you know, Cameron saying this needed to be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. And you look at movies that have made $1.5 billion. It's not a long list, you know? So like, so, you know, you, that's a lot of money and, and a very rare thing in Hollywood. So, you know, by the, by the way, uh, d- not quite related, but I'm looking at the list of the fastest movies to 2 billion. And, uh, but there's only five movies that have made $2 billion. Yes, so but what the is funny it? Thing, I don't know. This this list on Wikipedia is just funny, Ryan, because number one is Endgame, took 11 days. Number two is Avatar, took 47 days. Number three is Infinity War, which took 48 days. Number four is Force Awakens, took 54 days. And then number five, James Cameron's Titanic, which took 5,233 days. Yeah, because it didn't do it until I think it was like the second or third re-release. Yeah, um, I just think that's so, funny. Yeah, so it's like, you know, but but again, the point being, there's only a handful of movies that have ever done that. So, like, that's a silly, you know, silly list. Okay, anyways, the reason I brought up the $1.5 and how fast it got there is it doesn't really seem like we, we have many movies coming out. I mean, we have some some movies like Megan. We we have, um, but like Quantumania is like the next big movie, and that's a month yeah. away, right? Yeah, Quantumania is a little over a month away. Although I will say, though, I was talking about this in Slack yesterday in our company Slack. I think one of the things we've been missing the last couple of years is that like really fun, chaotic January that almost always is. If you pay attention to movie releases, it's like a weird dumping ground for studios historically. So sometimes you get like a weird like like gem in the bunch and then sometimes you just get like utter trash and this january looks like the first like real january we've had in a long time and like it's weird the things you didn't know you missed and then i'm like oh my god megan and plain and i'm just like oh january let's go like personally me as a moviegoer i'm genuinely (laughs) excited for this january but okay, uh, I know you've been critical of this in the past, but knowing what you know now, and knowing that you know this is probably hitting 1.5 billion uh, today or tomorrow, how much more do you think this could do? Like I said, I don't think two billions out of the question now. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I, it's hard to imagine it doing much more than that. I mean. But yeah, I think that I think that two billion mark is is isn't is yeah. not out of the question. Well, only two f- 
films in history have hit 2.5. One of those being the original Avatar and the other being obviously Avengers Endgame. Right. So I don't and think I, it's going to hit that. Right. And so, so I, I think, you know, two, 2.1 is not off the table. I would see at the low end right now, maybe 1.8, yeah. you know, 1, 1. 1.75, 1. 1.8. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, what can I say? I was wrong. Well, this, this, <laughs> you know, like just, yeah, I'm, I'm happy not, to admit I, it. I, I'm, 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 I'm okay to admit it. I'm not, I'm, box office predictions have never been my, you know, strong suit. Like I, uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, whatever I, you know, I'm playing the game. This is one of those anomalies though. It was very hard to guess. I, I was telling everybody, I, I thought I was going to do half the money that Avatar one did. Yeah. And I think you and I had sort of settled on that. We had a podcast last year where we literally just talked about, you know, way in advance, like the, the prospects of, and it was really hard to guess just because you were dealing with like the post pandemic of it all the the incredibly long gap between sequels the like it was just so there was so much it was so hard to determine and again especially after that second weekend where like the drop was a relatively normal drop for like a blockbuster it was really hard to know that it was then going to shoot back up over new year's weekend like it's doing some unconventional things so it was really hard to tell yeah uh, you know, when I was watching Avatar The Way of Water, I was thinking, oh, so, so the first movie is about them on land with like uh, they're in the forest. Avatar 2 is in the water. What is Avatar 3 going to be? Is it going to be like uh, fire? And I, I made that joke to some friends. And, you know, you know there's obviously uh, the the very popular animated uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, which is, you know, all about the different elements and and stuff like that. And uh, actually kind of funny when the first Avatar came out, it kind of stole, the, it made the, the live action adaptation of the Avatar TV series have to change its name to The Last Airbender because James Cameron won out with that, uh, the, the name Avatar. But anyways, it turns out after all uh, that Avatar 3 will have to do with fire. We have learned uh, from James Cameron. He talked to a French news outlet uh, 20 minutes, uh, and he said, I want to reveal the Navi from another angle because so far I have only shown their good sides. In the early films, they are very negative human examples and very positive Navi examples. In Avatar 3, we'll do the reverse. And uh, what he says is basically there's going to be the ash people which is like the fire nation it's a fire tribe of navi we don't know much more than that uh but i wanted to hear your thoughts on this ryan i i know you're not like the biggest fan of this of this franchise but uh what do you think about bringing in another navi tribe of fire the, the ash people um this does sort of feel a little bit like it's stepping on the <laughs> last airbender stuff a little bit like you know i understand that wasn't the intention originally like but but as a huge fan of avatar the last airbender yeah this does feel a little bit like you know going i'm not saying and again it's not like you know a super original idea to have like the elements come together as like a you know we can go back to captain planet you know what i mean it's not that you know but but so yeah that's my own thing i mean fire's cool you know, like, like I would like to see James Cameron play with fire a lot, you know, as far as like a visual, um, well, that, that that's what I was thinking when I, when I saw way of water, I was like, oh, wow. Creating this underwater world, 
brings such a new like how are they going to keep how is James Cameron going to keep up the magic trick of expo like making it feel new again every time we see an Avatar film and having that exploration of a new world and I was like well, where can he go next I'm not sure what a fire world is but in 3D and high frame rate that could look could be cool it's kind of funny how obvious it was, right? Like, oh, we did water this time. Oh, fire next time. You know, like it's not like we talked about a little bit. I don't want to get too much, but like, you know, it's not like even the people that love these movies, I don't think that they're praising like the original story. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of funny how like James Cameron is just taking these simple ideas and just maximizing them um, from like a visualist and, and entertainment standpoint. Um which, you know, hey, he's leaning into what he does. So that's, you know, that's that's cool. Uh, also, I just found this out there. Did you, did you know he wrote Rambo 2? What? I had no idea. I had zero no. idea. He wrote Rambo First Blood Part 2. And I guess he was writing that at the exact same time that he was writing Aliens. I had no idea. I, <laughs> you'd think I've looked at his IMDb page a billion times writing stuff for Slash Film over the years. And I, I did not know that. I felt the so. same way. I was like, how did I not know that he wrote like, I mean, first off the most insanely goofy title for like a sequel to a serious movie like ever. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. I didn't know. I did not to drop something on yet at the last minute, but it was just like, wow, the man really did do the, did that as well. What a crazy thing. Uh, I also wanted to mention that there has been some criticism of, uh, this movie, Avatar The Way of Water, and obviously the original Avatar, of kind of um, – uh, I don't know. What is the best best way of putting this? Uh, cultural appropriation, I guess, would be the, the words for it. Oh, yeah. I've seen a little bit of this floating around. It hasn't, like, dominated the conversation, but, yeah, I've seen a bit of this. Yeah, um, which honestly, I I mean, I don't I'm I don't have any native background. I have no place to speak on this from a <laughs> from a, um, a white guy. But um, it, it seems to me that this only brings more eyes to the plight of some of the native people and how kind of they've you know what 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 has happened to them in, in a science science fiction through the lens of science fiction. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, and it also seems like a lot of uh, tribes have embraced that um, uh, with screenings and stuff like that. But I don't, again, I don't know anything, but I wanted to bring that up because bringing in, in the third film, bringing in a, uh, a clan called the Ash people who are like these evil fire, fire nation of Navi seems like, um, <laughs> it seems like it's potential to uh, rub a lot of people the wrong way. Do you know what I mean like it, it seems like it, yeah. it's fright with uh, some problematic? Uh, what does this say? Yeah, look, and again, I'm with you, man. I this is not an area that I, you know, like I'm I'm a white dude. I don't have any <laughs> native background, nor do I have any like nor and and to my own you know detriment, am I educated enough in that to sort of like talk about what issues these you know some, that have been brought up and but i don't want to invalidate anyone's like if you if the, you know if that's if the, if it is violating a you know someone's uh 
you know, if they do feel like culturally violated, like that's, that's valid, you know, and that's worth understanding, you know, and that's something that Cameron maybe has to take into account moving forward, or maybe he doesn't, he's James Cameron. I don't know. Uh, And it doesn't look like it's hurting the movie financially any. So I doubt Disney's going to get in an uproar about it. So who knows if this ultimately amounts to anything? Yeah. I I just wonder where, where do you go story-wise with this, with, uh, you know, well, you appropriate uh, and- Avatar The Last Airbender for cinematic uh, <laughs> delight um, with blue people instead of... Uh, no, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. We talked about this a little bit. It's tough to speculate. I mean, I think, it, it, like he said, it's it's all one big story. So, you know, we're probably just picking up the threads we left off with and then throwing fire people in the mix. Yeah. So, I, And ultimately thinking- going to Earth. Ultimately going to Earth. Like that's been said. Like do, do we know that for sure? I thought that was a rumor. Is that John is Landau that said it? Yeah, John Landau said it. So like it's yeah, like it's they're ultimately going to end up, I think, in the fifth movie on Earth. So, oh no, that sounds bad. Um, but <laughs> I, I, don't know, I, I, I was thinking, with, <laughs> hey, I'm in for these movies, right? But Sorry, that, that was just really funny. as someone who was like really like the just the, just you reckoning with that in real time. Uh. <laughs> I, don't know, I thought that was a fan theory. I'm now uh, worried, but um, I don't know. When I first heard the, uh, this fire, fire people, I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe they're antagonists, and then in the end, they have to work together against, you know, the human colonizers coming to Pandora. But like, isn't that kind of what already happened in Way of Water? Like, they, I mean, not that the uh, the water people were antagonists in any way, but there was, they're kind of like not wanting to be part of that fight. I don't know. I just, I guess you could do that. I'm guessing I'm going to predict Ryan, that that's, what's going to happen. That it's, it, it's this whole thing. And then they're going to end up having to work together. Sure. Probably again. I don't, I don't have any, and also like, I, I don't have a lot of Twitter followers, so it's not like I get a lot of, the day after the podcast went up or you and I did our spoiler discussion and I was reckoning with all of my thoughts in real time, no. uh, the amount of shit that I got for like, not <laughs> like for like, not liking the movie. And and the one thing I did cop to is I got to a point where, and again, I didn't prepare for the conversation ahead of time. Like yeah. where I was literally, I just got to a point where I realized how little I cared about the movie and you would ask me like a thoughtful question and I would just tell you, I don't care. Like I admit that that does not, you know, make for great conversation, but yeah. So I hesitate <laughs> to sort of, I hesitate to sort of criticize this going forward, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, you know, especially because look, it's not what I like to do. I don't like being negative, but I do feel like if I, any predictions I would sort of make would probably come off as very like cynical. So, you know, I'm attempting to not do that in advance. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back in a second. Okay, right before we hit record, a new trailer came out. This is for Evil Dead Rise. This is the latest in the Evil Dead franchise. Um, Ryan, I got to admit to you, I've only seen the original movies, the the Sam Raimi movies. I have not seen the... um, there was the was 2013 there one or two remake. of them. Yeah, one. Well, there was okay. the, so, yeah, there was the 2013 remake, but then there was Ash versus Evil Dead, the show on Stars. I also did not see that, but I did experience I, Ash versus Evil Dead, the the Halloween Horror Nights maze. So I'm I I, I feel completely 
adequate in discussing this franchise on the podcast. No, just kidding. Um, well, no, well, I I never saw Ash versus Evil Dead either. To be fair, like I saw the first episode. I I I currently have the unopened first season DVD set sitting on my um, shelf. But uh, but no, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. I really love this franchise a lot. And uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb, Ryan, and say that. Missing Ash versus the Evil Dead probably will not hurt your viewing of this new movie. <laughs> well, yeah, because Bruce Campbell has retired as Ash Williams and he will not be in this movie, though Sam Raimi, Rob Tappert and Bruce Campbell are all producing this movie. So they're all involved um, with Lee Cronin directing and Lee Cronin uh, directed a movie called The Hole in the Ground that was very acclaimed by the people that saw it, but it was a little underseen. And uh, it looked like Raimi and the team sort of spent quite a while looking for a guy, and Cronin was the guy that was kind of hand-picked to do it. So, um, you know, I mean, you know, that says something. Um, okay, uh, before we talk about this, if you have not seen this trailer, Evil Dead Rise, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Just go check it out. It's a Red Band trailer. And oh boy, I have not watched a Red Band trailer, like a hardcore Red Band trailer in a while. If people don't know, you know, when a trailer plays, you usually have the green screen. And that means that it's appropriate for most audiences or something like that. Um, but they, they, they do release Red Band trailers, which can play on rated R movies. And they are on uh, YouTube. And this is a yeah. rated, uh, this is a Red Band trailer. And it is... It's a hard red band trailer. So, you know, don't watch this yeah. with your kids, uh, but go check it out. And then we're, we're going to talk about it really quick. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on Evil Dead Rise? Um, so I'm like I said, I'm a huge Evil Dead guy and I'm particularly like the more hard edged Evil Dead stuff. So like I prefer the Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2. I love both movies, but, you know, like I like the horror of the Evil Dead more than I like Evil Dead 2. And I really love the 2013 Evil Dead like a ton. I love that movie. I think um, what Fede Alvarez did with that was, I mean, there's one scene in that movie I just can't watch. There's like this scene where the lead character like licks a razor blade and it is just so <sighs> like, like, <laughs> it, like it makes you nauseous in like the best possible way. And I got to tell you, the first thing I will say is this horror movie or this movie looks like what a good horror movie can do where it makes you nauseous in like the best ways. There's a couple of scenes in this trailer where I just like felt my, like where your skin crawls and you feel like sick a little, just thinking about the prospect of what they're teasing you with. And yeah, there's some really like gut wrenching stuff. They are not pulling any punches in this. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I, I got like nauseous watching parts of this trailer. Like, you know, well, the bloody correct me if I'm wrong, but and... sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not as much of a horror guy as I am, right? Like that's not really your jam as much. I like horror movies, but yeah, you're, you're probably a much bigger horror fan than I am. Yeah. I just don't um, hear you. Cause like, I'm a big, like outside of like superhero stuff and like, you know, dinosaurs or James Bond, you know, that's pretty much, you know, right there for me, as far as popcorn entertainment goes, like I'm a big, Big horror guy. But yeah, so I'm so but although I will say I tend to avoid like I'm not a big like torture porn guy. I'm not like I don't like like overly like disgusting. Like I it's hard for me to watch like a Rob Zombie movie, for example. So like so I do think maybe this might go as much as I love the trailer. I hope it doesn't go too much into that like gross out sort of like, you know, like where it maybe limits it, you know, where like you're not just like resting on that for the whole movie but 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I thought I'll tell you this, Ryan. Like the thing that bothers me the most in movies is anytime a sharp object of any kind <laughs> is puncturing something, especially <laughs> eyeballs. And there's so many times in this trailer that like, like the cheese grater or like the piece well, there's of glass. A, there's a tattoo gun that's about to go in someone's eye. Like your worst uh, nightmare. Yeah, like, that is my worst. Yeah, nightmare. the cheese grater though. That was the thing on Twitter. Where everyone's talking about because they don't show it, but they're like, guess what we're doing with a cheese grater. <laughs> <laughs> and like you don't think of a cheese grater as one of those things that could really mess a person up but like it boy could. what they tease you with in that trailer oh i will say that this doesn't seem as evil dead-ish or at least like the the original evil dead like uh as i was expecting um, well it seems i forgot who pointed it out in our slack channel but it the, the, it seems like a blend of like the original the evil dead and like the 2013 evil dead it seems like a blend of those vibes yeah definitely a lot more modern horror but i i'm in i'm in you you said like you know what's your you know do you like horror i i i find myself as like i'm more of a casual horror fan i'll watch the big stuff i'll watch the good stuff but like i'm not like you where i seek out all the like little indie horror like i i need to hear that is a great horror film to to watch it if that so you're sense. not like me where you're rushing to go see megan tomorrow night like where I, you are i want to see megan that, that, that's actually one of the ones i want to see but like i don't know I, I i i don't have a good example for this but no fair <laughs> enough fair enough but i'm not, but, I, uh, I'm not watching every single conjuring movie yeah well you know the conjuring movies are sort of what's interesting about those is that they're like there is just some abysmally terrible ones like the first Annabelle or like, I think the nun is pretty bad, but then you get stuff like Annabelle creation, which doesn't seem like it would be that good, but then it's like better than it has any business being. Um, but yeah, I think one of the interesting things I guess we should probably talk about is like evil dead rise. This was one of those movies that was, this is one of those things that I think like the David Zaslav at Warner brothers discovery is not all evil. Um, this was originally supposed to be an HBO max exclusive, but Zaslav takes over and he like, no, like this goes to theaters. So now like this movie, which looks pretty commercial to me is Wait, now this going was originally to, a streaming movie. This was originally and all the way through, like it was done and filmed as a streaming movie. Like this was not under the previous regime. This was not going to get a theatrical release. Um, so yeah, That's like, insane. so uh, right. After you see the trailer, you're like, how the hell could you not? And so, yeah, I, I may be worth talking about that, you know, now that we've seen a trailer that like, look, Zaslav is a guy that has a lot to answer for and is not like everyone's favorite person. But like there are a few things he's doing that I think are smart and leaning into theatrical more is smart. And this looks like a really smart thing to have shifted from streaming to theatrical, in my opinion. Do you think that do you think he deserves credit for this? Because I feel like he's just like I let's not release anything that's franchise direct to streaming. It's a waste of money. Although he did cancel that Batgirl movie, so yeah, again, dick move. But like, but like you know, um, and he could have released that to theaters, and it would have done at least like a certain amount of money. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it just the the dc connection alone and having keaton and all that stuff like it, it it was bound to make at least a certain amount of money 
So I'm wondering, I, I guess this probably was just made on a really good budget and there's like no way that this is, isn't going to make money theatrically. Well, right. That's the thing. You're talking about a different sort of, and also you're not, you also have to look at the product that you have, right? I, I mean, I, I don't know what happened with that Batgirl movie. I really don't. But like <laughs> the fact that they were willing to release Black Adam and get behind that and they weren't willing to get behind Batgirl, I really wonder what, that movie was i don't know but like you know like i i I wonder what the quality of i still wonder what the the final product might have looked like um but with this you're talking about a completely different thing you're not talking about a 90 million dollar budgeted superhero movie you're talking about i don't know if i were to estimate it say 20 25 million like that low mid budget so you have nothing but upside if this can get to 100 million worldwide which it's easily good yeah I i i think it will Okay, uh, we've reached the end of today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast in Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to subscribe to our newsletter. Send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And rate and read this podcast in Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow.